There is truth. You can know it, live it, and be liberated by it. I'm Audrey Rinlisbacher. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we explore how the truth can set you free. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I am Audrey Rinlisbacher. I've got Lindsay Wright and Kim Miner with me today, and we're going to discuss this month's book, uh, book club pick, and it is The Giver by Lois Lowry. And there's some connections we want to make throughout this discussion to an earlier book, um, The Conflict of Visions by Thomas Sowell, on the constrained and unconstrained visions. But we also want to do a good thorough discussion of The Giver. And so we'll be back and forth uh, with some of those themes and ideas. But first, I wanted to talk about the wisdom of Wikipedia. Because if you go to Lois Lowry on Wikipedia, it talks about this was, I mean, there's, there's some interesting information there, not a ton, but this kind of struck me. Many of her books have been challenged or even banned in schools and libraries. Um, the giver, which is common in some in curriculum in some schools has been prohibited in others. And I hadn't even really thought about that. I mean, this is a book that I wait until my kids are like, you know, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14. I mean, they're not reading it at 10, but like we've had some profound discussions in our family with this book and it's been helpful to introduce them to some key ideas. But, and then I went and I researched that and sure enough, you know, it has, especially in the nineties when it first came out, because there's this other thing on Wikipedia that uh, they quoted from a New York times review. And this reviewer said, in many ways, she invented, Lois Lowry invented the contemporary young adult dystopian novel. In 1993, it was unusual and unsettling for children's literature to address topics like political oppression, euthanasia, suicide, or murder. Mm -hmm. And so some of the kind of upset and banning was going on in the 90s. Um, things the landscape is quite different now, you know, 30 years later That's in terms sure. of what's in the schools and what's allowed, but some of its themes still get it in trouble, um, in some curriculums and it's still seen as banned. So, um, kind of with that as a background, let's just start by, um, talking about maybe, well, I don't know. Um, I want, I let, let's start with this theme because I just think this theme is, is an interesting one and it will move us into some of those other connections that, that we were making with this previous book. So um, <clears throat> there's a conversation going on between the kids and I think, I can't remember exactly what it's about, but Jonas says that he's not going to say a certain thing because it might have fallen into the uncomfortable category of being different. Mm. Um, it goes on later to talk about how the community is extremely safe and no one wants to infringe on the community's sense of order and success. Uh, at one point, his friend Asher says, it's okay because if you don't fit in, you can apply for elsewhere and be released. <laughs> and I guess I just, and then later on, the the giver explains to Jonas 
that the community chose climate control and sameness. And he uses that word sameness. Mm -hmm. And so I thought we could talk for just a minute because one of the things as I was reviewing it again, and I've obviously read it several times, but I, I guess this theme, I don't know, maybe I didn't think about it as much or discuss it as much in the past, but um, there's so much emotional coddling that goes on. This idea of sameness permeates everything. Um, he talks about how there's a rule against bragging and, um, and you just, you know, there's a lot of, you can't say this, that would be rude. That would be pointing out something that's different about somebody. And, and as it kind of went on, I just kept thinking, I didn't, I I had forgotten, I guess, that there's so much about being comfortable, being comfortable, being, being emotionally comfortable, being physically comfortable, the eradicating safe, is safe the same Mm -hmm. as comfort? No, they're, well, they're not, they're, they're, they're not quite the same, but they're, they often go hand in hand. So what did, what were your thoughts about that? What did you notice about the sameness, the emotional coddling and the, um, is it, does it, I mean, one of the, one of my main kind of questions about it was, is it actually really working? Like, well, and we'll talk about this more in a minute when we talk about the social structure, but I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts about all of that sameness? emotional coddling stuff. And of course I'm thinking of, you know, political correctness and other things like that, that we do today. Right. Well, I don't even know if it, for me, I didn't uh, see it as emotional coddling. I thought it was the eradication of all emotion, like to feel anything Hmm. except for I don't know. I don't want to say happiness, but I don't know if that's really even true. Yeah. But it, but it felt like not just uh, trying to like make them feel, yes, yeah, safe. Safe is the word they use a lot, but it's like to feel anything. Cause that was the huge thing of the giver, right? He was giving him all sorts of feeling experiences, right? So it's like, but they even- talk about feelings and they say that they're feeling things. But um, are, actually, are they? <laughs> But they're feeling no. maybe quote unquote safe feelings or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, what, I mean, as the book goes on, you know, Jonas is like, well, now I know what it feels like to be angry. And now I know that no one else mm-hmm. feels anything. So, so I get that. But like this whole thing about the sameness, like they don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. They don't want to say anything that might hurt anybody's feelings or make them feel different than anybody else in any way ever. It's one of the reasons for precision of language. They talk mm-hmm. about it often. Like you can only, like that word is outdated. It's antiquated. It's inappropriate to say love in our family. Or even they, at one point they say um, that they want precision of language because if you don't say it exactly right, you're actually telling a lie. Hmm. Except that we find out that the adults are lying to the kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, so that's a lie. That like has... 
<laughs> this is like a double standard happening all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the adults are kind of caught in the middle, right? Because even the adults aren't aware mm -hmm. of what's really going on. Mm -hmm. um, the only people who are really aware are the elders. Yeah. Of the community. So, yeah. Well, so I think the, this, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I just, I think this just speaks to the idea of um, community is number one, right? That's, that's the reason mm. for all of this, right? Because the individual is not important. It's the community that's more important than the individual. So if the individual has feelings that they can't manage or control or whatever, that's why they suppress any sort of sexual feeling with the pill once they mm -hmm. hit puberty, right? Mm -hmm. um, if they have feelings that they can't manage pretty quickly and easily, then it makes them different from the community because the community is the most important thing, not the individual. But they do all of this. They do a bunch of stuff to make people believe that they do care about every single individual. They know them all. The elders have scanned their whole lives. They can share jokes between them about the nature and the, and, 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 and the differences, you know, Asher is really playful and, you know, he, whatever, stop talking for a while. And everyone laughs because they all know Asher. So they, they, I mean, do they mean it? Do the, does, do the individuals not matter? They only matter. And we're because their, their, their individual differences are pointed out only in relation to what becomes their jobs. Nothing else matters. Right. And how they contribute to the community. So he's giving a job. He's playful. And so there are, you do see a little bit of individual difference, but that mm -hmm. helps them place them in a job that contributes to the community. And they it's, think that it's, that makes them feel important and like an individual because they're seen and they're known for some of these differences. And so it makes them feel important and like they matter and like the community cares about them as an individual. Right. Right. But well, what you're saying what is, but what you're saying in the grand scheme of things is ultimately, if for whatever reason, their contribution doesn't matter, then that's the end of that. Then that's the end of them. Well, that's what happens to the elderly, right? Like they live in the yeah. home and then they're released because ultimately they don't matter anymore because they let them live a certain period of time in an elderly home, but then they're just released because they have no use to the community anymore. Right. They don't live out a, a, a healthy yeah. life. And yeah. the baby that's the baby that's released too that his dad releases, it's because mm -hmm. he has he can't manage himself. Right. Or he's he wants to release or whatever. Right. Because he's a twin and it throws off the system. And yeah, they can't have identical. Oh, twins. no, he does. No. I, yeah. I'm talking. I'm yeah. mixing up two different things. Yeah. Sorry. 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 But the baby. Yeah. yeah. Because when I can't. But, yeah. but the boy that they're going to release that lives in their family temporarily mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he, they can't control him even as a baby. And so he has no use to the community. Mm -hmm. so. And so for like one of the things that I kept thinking with this, because, you know, several times the giver's like, we chose sameness and he uses that word sameness. I kept seeing all the way through, she makes the point over and over again of showing us that they don't, they aren't actually the same and they know they're not the same and they don't want to be the same, not just in the differences of career, but there's, there's social classes, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's supposed to be a classless society, but they know who's not smart and they know what jobs aren't important and they know what's a lower class thing to have. That's why they don't want their daughter to be a birth mother. But that's the, the problem with that is like it's 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 decided by the elders, not by the people. Right. Those people are deciding Someone else right, is but the point, who's less than. Right, but right, but the point is the community, even the community knows. Like yeah, 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 there's yeah. a hierarchy. We're not actually all the same. Mm-hmm. There's still a classes. The elders are on top and the givers at the very top, and he's the most honored, and they even say he's the most honored. <clears throat> so they're not classless and they're not all the same. Um, but they're I guess, well. But maybe what he's saying is they're trying to make them the same. Choosing sameness meant trying to make them the same. Well, he talked about sameness in relation to uh, the inability to make choices as well. That's true. So you don't actually have any choice because choice brings thing not not like not safety, right? Like people would make bad choices. That's da- he says something like. It's dangerous to live that way to allow people to make choices for their lives. Yeah, this is this is chapter 13. And Jonah says, well, if everything's the same, then there aren't any choices. Mm-hmm. And the giver says, it's the choosing that's important, isn't it? And then they go on and mm-hmm. um, he says, so Jonah says, but now I can see colors. And they talked about before how when they got rid of when they made everything the same, they had to give up some things like seeing in color. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, I was I was just thinking, what if we could hold up things that were bright red or bright yellow and he could choose instead of the sameness? And the giver says he might make wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And so the, Jonah says, oh, I see what you mean. It wouldn't matter for a new child's toy, but later it does matter. We don't dare let people make choices of their own. And the giver says, not because it's not safe. And Jonah says, yeah, we really have to protect people from wrong choices. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's awesome because what she does is she takes this boy that's all bought in, that doesn't know anything else. And she lets him make the arguments for the community. He's been so well indoctrinated. He understands inside and out, not just what, not just the way that things are, but so he has some understanding of why things are the way that they are and why that could be seen as better because he's always been shown, you know, or it's been explained to him in some rudimentary way that those things are better. So I just find it those arguments fascinating that even in this unconstrained system that is trying to get away with um, or get is trying to make things safe. And it's trying to make things the same. And it's trying to um, eliminate agency. And yet, it's still there. Like, you can't get away from it. And you can't get away. There's still still trade-offs being made, right? Like, they're still, um, they're they're trying to do this this thing that's, that's making everybody safe and happy and comfortable. But yet, you can't get away from constrained ideas such as agency and trade-offs and well the individual that's that's exactly the conversation i wanted to have because you know one of the things that we were saying when we were talking about conflict division was like 
oh, you know, this is, you know, reminds us of the giver and blah, blah, blah. So we're looping back. We're, you know, we're doing that now, but this time through, I was like, okay, so I'll read you a, a couple things that I wrote down. If the giver is representative of the unconstrained vision, what about institutions being the problem and the goal of tearing them down? Because in the constrained vision, man is the problem, institutions are the solution. So in the giver, man is the problem and institutions are the solution. Is it that they did that and now we're assuming they won and this is what it looks like? So is this her saying, okay, so what if the unconstrained vision won? What would that look like? Or would they say this is actually constrained because of so much structure and tradition? Wouldn't it be, uh, would the eradication of sex be an example of that, that we have to control, we have to put institutions in place to control people's unbridled passions. Um, so as I was going back through it, I was like, you know, isn't this book all about trade-offs? Isn't it about institutions governing you know, mankind that can't control themselves. And so is it, is it a constrained vision then? Now I see the unconstrained elements too, which we should point out. So I want you to push back, but those were just some of my thoughts about now, wait a minute, what's really going on here? So what do you think? I, I think what's happened is that they got rid of the traditional institutions, church, family, um, they still have education, but they've rebuilt. So, so the unconstrained vision thinks that the institutions are the problem. But the problem is that when you implement the unconstrained vision, you end up with institutions. <laughs> you can't, you can't get away from it. And yeah. so they've rebuilt oh, yeah, society. Uh -huh. They've rebuilt the institutions, but they, it's, it's a solution instead of a trade-off. It's a, it's an unprincipled solution. They've, they've, they've tried to go over principles such as agency and they're just forcing people to, to to be safe and and comfortable and um i think that's what we're seeing and and i think we see that you know in the short term it it might look really great yeah but in the long term because you can't get away from principles and natural law it's going to crumble you know, I didn't think about it this way while I was going back through it this time, but you just made me, made me kind of think it's almost like, it's almost like the community is a machine and the people are just the cogs. They're, they're dispensable, which is why they can be released on a whim. If they're an identical twin, or if they don't, if they're not strong enough as a baby, or if they break the rules three times or if They're they old. yeah get old and can't perform their duties or then the people are given just enough ego stroking to keep them con contributing so that like Kim was saying so that the community can work um not so that the meet individual you have thrive. to meet basic needs, right? Like people have a need to feel yeah. valued yeah. and that they matter, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, yeah. so you'll have to at least be meeting those basic needs or or there's going to be a revolution, an uprising. Yeah. Right. But they've figured yeah. out how to keep people so comfortable. Who needs it? They've forgotten that they even 
have these other needs. But one of the big tenets of the unconstrained vision too is the idea of a higher class making all the decisions, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the elders. And so inherent in that system has to be other systems, right? Like you can't just have these elders making a decision without institutionalizing a whole bunch of stuff. Because if they're saying, because we want to say the constrained vision is all about institutions, but but really it's the, the unconstrained, it they look like, oh, it's just the will of the people and blah, blah, blah. But actually not, because if these people are deciding what's actually good for the community, then they have to establish systems that fit within that what they claim to be goodness. They can't what just you- let people they can't just let people do whatever they want. There still has to be institutions to fit what the elders are saying is the right way to live. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So we it it looks as though as you as you read through conflict divisions to some degree that like you know the, the unconstrained is all is systems are bad, systems are bad, but you have to if if there are people in charge, they still are going to create systems to have their way imposed on other people. Because that's ultimately what they're trying to do is they decide what's best for the community and they want people to agree and go along with what they're saying. So they would have to create institutions that make it so that people go along with what they say is good. Does that make sense? You can't get away from human nature. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting, though, because in Conflict Divisions, he quotes um, Marx and Engels and it says only in the community, therefore, is personal freedom possible. And so I think that we think that the unconstrained vision, because Marx and Engels would be promoting the unconstrained vision, um, but we, you find freedom. And I think that in the giver, they would think like, I'm so free. Look at me. I'm doing these things, right? Because that's how they, but it's really about benefiting the community. And so as the elders make the decisions, the community's benefited, but we have to make sure everybody's benefiting the community because that's the point of the elders, right? Yeah. For the unconstrained vision. Yeah. So, so here's another aspect of this that I was thinking about. So, you know, like I was talking about with precision of language, they're always checking themselves, right? Like they have to be careful what they say and things like that. But we all believe or think at least or whatever I guess, I don't know, I'm making an assumption here, but, you know, self-restraint is a principle of personal success and societal success. Like people have to restrain themselves. You know, they, 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 they do, they have to rein it in. And one of, one of the major struggles in our time is defining freedom and liberty because those words are getting twisted and distorted more and more all the time. And they and many people are equating the the idea of freedom with a lack of restraint. Um, and yet restraint is vital to the lifeblood of an individual, a family, any institution, any society. So where then would you say that that begins and ends? Like we we want these people, there there does need to be some laws in society some rules people do need to with restrain themselves and hold back from their natural impulses so they don't you know injure others or injure the community as much as that's possible 
So how then would you describe the difference between the unconstrained and the constrained, like between the kind of society you, you think would be better and what's going on in the giver? I would say that it, 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 it's where you, the, res, the re, constraint or the restrictions are coming from. What's the foundation, right? Because are they coming from natural law? from a higher being, from something like that. Because when you feel constrained, like quote unquote, constrained by those things, you're willing to live within those bounds of natural law and principles and those kind of things, right? But often when people, they don't make sense to people because they don't actually have a foundation. Does this make sense what I'm saying? So it, for me, I just think like, I, I'm very much a person who doesn't like to be controlled. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think most people are that way, but I, I feel like this is especially true for me. And um, I have to, I'm very much a questioner and I have to decide for myself that this thing that I'm going to do makes sense for my life and then I'll do it, right? Um, but when you have a hierarchy deciding what's good and what's not good, without any sort of foundation in natural law, a higher power, whatever it is, then it doesn't always resonate with people. Well, it doesn't always like make sense, even though they try to reason themselves out of it because the, uh, the unconstrained is all about reason. Like let's reason our way to these things. But ultimately we see that it doesn't exposure makes, makes it not make sense, but I don't I, know if that makes sense. I but, think yeah. the society in the giver is just genius they've created such a smooth system well and it's been going on this isn't the first generation yeah. of the system right so first you have to get rid of all the people who at first would have um you know protested against the system right but at this point the system's been going on long enough um that it's it's such an illusion that the community thinks mm -hmm. that they're free and happy and safe and they, you know, the, the system even gets them to censor themselves with this precision of language. Mm -hmm. And they don't even know that they're not free. So they use, they use shame a lot. Mm -hmm. They call people out publicly. And, um, you know, the sense of deep shame around certain behaviors really controls people behave people's behavior because they know they're going to get called out publicly like on the intercoms like people are going to know whatever the thing is and so there's there's a complete lack of privacy there's a complete lack of empathy there's a complete lack of intimacy um and there's virtually a complete lack of personal choice um and, and these people have become through, you know, however many generations in this system, so unaware of other options for themselves that um, they don't, they don't know something different. But then that brings me to another question. And that is, could it go on long enough that people didn't know? Like, mm. you know, this girl that's really popular, mm that's been on all these podcasts and stuff, whatever her name is, Yeonmi Park or whatever that escaped from North Korea, you know, and I've heard her say something along the lines of, 
you know, there's not natural law or things like that. Uh, I can't remember. It's been a long time. And I remember at the time thinking, if that were true, you wouldn't have escaped from North Korea because you wouldn't have known anything different. You wouldn't have known better. Hmm. So now all of that could be under the surface and totally suppressed. And, you know, Lois Lowry doesn't take us there. It may very well be that there's periodic uprisings. Obviously, there's going to be people that don't take their pill. You know, so maybe there's just consistent releases and people just are unaware, but they know everyone in their community. So they would know if someone, you know, if if that kind of behavior was going on. But I, I don't know. There was just this part of me that was like, but is this ever actually even attainable, even to this level? Because we just know, we just know certain things to be right and wrong regardless of the environment that we're raised in. You know, if children are abused, they know it feels wrong. It feels ugly and black and 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 gruesome to them because it's contrary to what's best for them. And they intuitively know that. Well, um, I think I think that's the hard thing with this is because it and with the unconstrained vision to some degree, right? Because there is an aspect of it that is true and right like we all should be good and we all should contribute to our community like there's some there's some are like some true principles and natural laws governing some of the decisions that are being made and initially probably some of the decisions that were made to create a community in that way right Mm -hmm. and so there is what feels like um goodness and and maybe freedom and some of these other things because there, there is some good. It's like a mixture, right? Mm-hmm. But if you, but it also comes to what you like with the woman you mentioned. If you're in, in a controlled society long enough, you don't, <coughs> you can't understand the difference. But I think people would look at things like this and the unconstrained vision and be like, yes, because there's lots of goodness there. We want people to be good for goodness' sake, and we want um, people just to make the right choices and those kind of things. But it's not actual principles and laws that are uh, conducive to a successful society. Because like Lindsay mentioned earlier, you get some of you get rid of some of those foundational institutions like the family. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then, and you substitute it for a different kind of yes. family, right? Like there's family here, but it's not the traditional institution of family as we are familiar with it right Right. yeah where there's not like you can't even say love they have no any sort of connection to each other at all in any Mm -hmm. sort of intimacy with each other Mm -hmm. at all right Mm -hmm. and so i think that's the hard thing to differentiate with some of this is because it looks like good on the surface and they're denying a lot of natural laws that need to be met out right and 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 that's precisely oh go ahead I just, you know, it's an interesting question. Like, is this even possible and how long could it be, could it go on for? Because there is the argument with natural law that it is something that we just intuitively know that we can't yeah. not know it. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. is this even possible? Yeah. 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 Well, my question and, too is, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. go ahead. I, well, I'm, I'm changing the subject a little bit. So finish That's your okay. thoughts. It's connected. I was going to say one of my questions too that I had as I thought about this book is what does it mean to be an individual? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Because 
because one of the things that I was thinking, and this kind of relates to your question and what we were talking about a minute ago is the, um, a lot of what's happening here, I feel like is happening in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of proper word usage that we're supposed to do that's in the name of goodness and kindness. And um, there's a lot of allowing. I feel sometimes like one of the reasons why certain things are pushed culturally is just so that people who want to engage in that behavior can get away with it. Like, it's like a, it's like a, you know, don't tell on each other, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever I want. Uh, For example, I was reading a book the other day and it introduced me to the name of this website, which I won't say publicly. So you don't have to go there, but there's, and I looked it up and sure enough, and they claim they have 55 million users. I don't know if it's that many, but there's a lot. It's a website where you go specifically so that you can have an affair without anyone knowing. And, um, and so it's like a, you know, don't ask, don't tell. I'll allow everybody else to do whatever they want to do sexually, because then that allows me to do whatever I want to do sexually. And so that's not freedom either. That's not individual expression either. That's, that's actually moving backward from a cultural and civilized perspective. It's not, I mean, civilized means that you're civil, that you reigned in your passions, that you have control over yourself. And so this is like a going backward culturally and, 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 and we're doing, I mean, just, you know, the way that they care for the elderly and care for the, just, just, just the ideas of, of being comfortable and being safe as being the highest values and helping safe spaces on college campuses. I mean, like these themes are really surging uh, in our culture. If you, if you're looking for them, you'll see that, that more and more in, in, in lip service to individualism, there's, there's a, I don't know, it's like super permissive and also constrictive at the same time. It's so odd. Um, and it doesn't, I, I don't, I, I think it, it does the opposite of allowing for individual expression and individualism, but I don't know if any of that made any sense, but <laughs> It reminds me of a wrinkle in time. Yeah. Right. Where um, they go and everybody's comes out of the house at the same time. Stepford wives or, you know, whatever you want to mm-hmm. come out of the house at the same time. You bounce the ball at the same time, you know, and, and they're mm-hmm. like, look, but we're equal. And Madeline Langle says she, in the book, you know, equal, same isn't equal. Same doesn't mean equal. Equal doesn't mean same. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have to, I, I, it's a tension that, that we have to hold, you know, between the individual and mm-hmm. society and, mm-hmm. and, um, agency is, is messy when you allow people to mm-hmm. speak, um, words, you know, when you, when you censor the words that people speak, then you limit the things that they can think and the things they can do, you know? Mm. So, because, and, and, and which, which is safe, but it's not free because when, when you were not allowed to say the things that need to be said, 
and think the things that need to be thought, then that's not, that's not freedom either. So yeah. it, it, it's a, and they bring that up, right? Like the giver and Jonas have multiple <clears throat> conversations about, yeah, this is risky. Yeah. This is messy. Yeah. This is painful. Yeah. Um, and this underlying message about the connection between suffering and wisdom that he is the source of wisdom ultimate wisdom that's what he holds and the because only way he, he could get there the was through this intense lifelong suffering isn't that interesting we try to eliminate mm -hmm. suffering and we forget mm -hmm. that that's where growth happens and that's where wisdom is gained and so yeah, we do all this the coddling of the american mind i haven't read it i wanted to but this idea that we need these safe spaces for these students and we shouldn't say things that were hurtful and and it's devastating to their self-esteem if we don't use the right pronouns and all these kinds of themes and things that are going on in our culture uh, is robbing, robbing them from, doesn't mean we should intentionally be vulgar or mean or, or destructive, but there's, there's an inherent amount of suffering that every human being has to climb through, to grow through the experience to, if, if they'll let it make them wise anyway. Mm -hmm. And, and determining... So sorry, Kim. Sorry, I was going to say it, it, at one point it, um, I had underlined in my book that Jonas, after a little while of receiving the memories, um, talks about the weight of knowledge. Yeah. You know that that once you, once you understand stuff, there there's there's a weight, there's a something that goes along with it, whether it's yeah. suffering because you know something and having to change behavior or just an emotional experience that you've gone through. There's like weight in the knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And just as a side note, we talked about equality and sameness quite a bit. The conflict divisions does talk about that a lot. That is well, a thing think, that comes up a lot. Well, I think that's one of the biggest ways that this is like, this shows the unconstrained vision because the unconstrained vision is about equality of outcomes. Yeah. And so that's what this whole community was to create, even though there mm -hmm. is somewhat of a hierarchy, everyone's contributing to the community, but it's all about the hierarchy. I mean, the equality of outcomes yeah and that's that's one of the big goals of the unconstrained vision for me so i look at this and think it yeah. does represent the unconstrained vision for that reason <laughs> that's a good point so going back to your question kim where's the individual in all of this what does it mean to be an individual and and what does it mean for the individual to be free or to be equal but not the same or to have equal opportunity not equal outcome or um what, what makes someone, you know, do they need, do they need the kind of expression in certain ways that society is telling us they need in order to fully be themselves? You know, what are there parameters around that too? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Because that word freedom is thrown around a lot. I need to be free to do this and free to do that and free to say I'm this and free to say I'm that um, and change my mind, you know, about everything. And that means I can um, overturn my family. That means I can, you know. Well, yeah, like an adult's house, right? <laughs> That's true. Good time, like, gonna... Kim. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I think fully herself. She's got to abandon her family and her duties. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. It, it's hard not to think, go back to natural law and principles. Right. And yeah. if a person is living within, within the bounds of those things and within the bounds of reality, then they're able to express themselves in ways that are good. Right. Yeah. They're and, more free. It's such a paradox, right? That, yeah. that limits would actually make you free, but that's, but that's what it does. Um, De Tocqueville in Democracy in America, he talks about this idea of self-interest properly understood. And, and he mm -hmm. talks about how you have to, you know, the individual does have rights, mm -hmm. um, but they're also always accompanying duties. Like, yes, you have to make decisions that benefit you and, and work for you and allow you to be all that you can be. But at the same time, to understand that properly means to understand that you also have a duty to restrain, like we talked about, to restrain mm -hmm. yourself and not do mm -hmm. every single thing that you want to do and then not to do the things that are that are against the natural law. Mm -hmm. um, well, so and I think that there was a balance there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That Yeah, because that we are living outside of that idea of duty for sure. Because yeah. I think I think people n now just um, I think a lot of people believe that their feelings are who they are, right? That they equate the mm -hmm. things that they feel inside with them with who they are, yeah, with the reality don't, of who don't, they are, right? Yeah. And don't have a context for who I am within a family, within a society, within mm -hmm. different roles that we play. How the roles right? help define you, right? Mm -hmm. And they do in a lot of ways is, you know, and it's not just, you know, you, we see that Jonas awakening to feelings, which are huge, but they're attached to these experiences, um, which give you knowledge. So if you're able to balance, it feels like, cause, cause they do, I'm fascinated by the idea of wisdom in this book because they talk about it on a regular basis because mm -hmm. the only wise person in the book is the giver. Mm-hmm. Because he's had the experience and the feelings and all the things that make something whole, mm -hmm. not just the feelings, right? Mm -hmm. It's That's the true. feelings and experience and the reason mm -hmm. and intellect and all these things that make the whole experience and all the whole of reality. Yeah. It, but it does feel like to me that we now today in societies that people are operating on just my feelings are who I am. And so I need to feel safe and all those things. And I can't feel hard things or be uncomfortable. And let's just live in reality based on what I feel. Mm. So maybe we have a pendulum swing here, like the giver, um, this pendulum has swung to, to I'm, I'm not an individual, I'm just my duty to my community. Mm. And then mm -hmm. and now we have this pendulum swing to I have no duties to the community and I am only an individual. As Nora said, my duties to myself are higher than my duties yeah. to everyone else. Sorry, mm. I cut you off, Kim. No, no, you didn't. You didn't. Yeah. 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 That's and a so, great point. so Aristotle would say, you know, that the virtue is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Great point. And he does talk about those extremes, like mocking ethics at the and this would be one extreme, this would be one extreme. So we want to be um, in the middle. Um, 
one one last thought I was having while and and if there's any last thoughts that you ladies want to share. I was thinking about, you know, Jonas shoulders the responsibility. He understands what it means. He's experienced the pain and he's not willing to run away. He says, you know, I would never even ask for relief release, even if they said that I could, because someone has to take your place and someone has to fill this role and someone has to do this, this duty. Um, someone has to shoulder this pain. And, you know, reminds me of, you know, the principle we go back to often. That's what popularized Jordan Peterson central to his message. It's a simple idea that it's responsibility that ultimately defines us. It's what gives meaning and purpose to our lives. And it it's what produces, you know, what we do also is, you know, there's, there's this idea, I think that that what we're feeling and what we're being is who we are, but actually what we do defines us just as much, if not more. And those doings also develop character and they, they are, what we do is, is where we interact with the world. There's more and more people, you know, staying home and watching TV and not taking risks. My daughter had an activity at our house yesterday, invited a bunch of kids from church over in, in, in midstream of this activity, she was like, Oh, it's going so terrible. And they don't think it's doing well. I said, so what they can take a risk and plan their own activity. If they don't like how yours is going over, at least you're the person that's stepping out of her comfort zone and taking a risk and actually doing something in the real world with real people, um, trying to make action happen. So, so I, anyway, I just love the idea that that, that, that true liberty is freedom within bounds as Kim keeps going back to the reality, the natural law, the way that we're really constructed, accepting that and living within those bounds, but also recognizing that true freedom is shouldering responsibility. And that responsibility gives us purpose. It gives our lives meaning. It helps us fulfill duties to, to you know all the people around us and make our civilization and our culture better as well as our families. <coughs> but it also brings us great freedom. Because the more responsibility that we shoulder, the more opportunities open up to us, which actually, you know, we blossom like a rose, like we're opened up to so many more things that we can do and be because we shoulder those responsibilities. And I think fundamentally, one of the main messages that this upcoming generation is being told is take the cues from your feelings, take the cues from what's inside, you know, um, hunker back, retract, be at home, don't, don't do that the being isn't the doing isn't part of the being and the responsibilities don't really matter. And of course, just the opposite is true and you can't move forward without that. But mm -hmm. any yeah. last quotes or thoughts or things that you wanted to make sure you shared uh, that you were just really wanting to get to before we close out? I just, just a response to what you were saying is, you know, it's not that the community and the giver was not, responsible they were they were doing their duty to the community at, mm -hmm. as what they understood it's just that they didn't have a clear understanding but they also knew even the children knew that if they didn't do what was expected they would they didn't know that that release was death but they knew but they knew it was the ultimate rejection. I mean, this is just when Jesus says, you know, in the last day, 
you're going to come to me and I'm going to say, I never knew you because that's the ultimate rejection is to not be known by those Mm -hmm. that know you, right? To be kicked out of your community, your community is everything. So from the Mm -hmm. time you're very young, you have this dark cloud hanging over you here in this little, you know, giver world that you know that if you don't do what you're being told to do, you will experience the ultimate rejection. You will be kicked out of your community. And these little stories, like he mentions a couple stories of, you know, the kids, you know, gossip about this little story or that (laughs) little incident or this little, you know, there's a myth that this or that thing happened. And they let those live because it's ultimately a fear-driven culture. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that and that's such a powerful force to our human natures, right? Is is yeah. the is the possibility of rejection, and you're making me think too. One of the things that I see in the unconstrained vision is a victim mentality, and I was like, where does that fit in to this story? Yeah. And I think I think you reminded me. There's the shame, and there's the um, if you don't do this, you get rejected and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. yeah, it, that's there too. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And, and the motivation of fear. Yeah. There, mm, that's so s- subtle in there. It's, it's not, not obvious, obvious that they yeah. are being motivated by fear. Yeah. But they know, you know, and, and so it's a, they're, they're content. You know, he talks about contentment, you know, they're content. They have their needs met, just like you talked about Maslow's hierarchy, right? They, and they feel known, they feel understood. Um, their feelings are superficial because they are being masked by actual medication and they're being genetically mutated. But, um, in the end, because their needs are met and they're content and they don't know anything else and they haven't been exposed to anything else because they're not allowed to go anywhere else. Um, except I guess she goes on a little field trip and the boy in the other community is whatever, you know, that's as much exposure as they have (laughs) just to let them know that everybody else has sameness too, but they know that they have to conform or their community will reject them. Mm. So subtle. Conformity (laughs) is the only way, but, and this is why I think Jonas knows so many, why he can give so many quick off the cuff rebuttals to the receiver because he's thought about it. Like, why do we need to do it this way? Oh, cause it makes so much sense. Yeah. That would be, Oh yeah. That, that's so much better. Like that is <clears throat> such a better, we, that's what we want. Of course. That's what we want. That's what everybody wants. And it's such a genius system. I mean, they got buy-in, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We will give up everything to be yeah. safe sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Any last thoughts, Kim? No. Anything you were aching for us to get to? (laughs) Well, awesome. Um, I, we didn't talk a lot about social justice. I would encourage people to look at the social division that's going on. Um, Critical race theory, social justice, all of those themes have some tie back to the story. And of course we can talk about it more in the Audrey and Spocker library, go and subscribe there and we can have more conversations around it. But Family is a big theme that I've had really valuable conversations with my children about. Uh, Make sure you talk about that theme, especially with your family, if you decide to read this with family or friends. But anyway, that was an incredible discussion. Thank you, ladies, for putting in the time and efforts and making the connections and bringing the questions and sharing your 
your thoughts and insights. That was really enriching. Have a lot more to think about. Thanks for joining me. Have a great week.